Welcome back to Point of Sale, the retail supply chain show where we break down great retailers, the supply chains that move them, and the data they use to make decisions. I'm your host, Andrew Cox, Senior Retail Analyst here at Freight Waves. And today, I once again have Mr. Danny Lowe with me. He is the Chief Yield Officer at ArcBest. He's also the President of Asset Light Logistics at ArcBest. Last time Danny was with us, we spoke about managed transportation and the the service that that can provide to retailers. And we also spoke about the complexities of product launches. I highly recommend that conversation to anyone who hasn't seen it. Go back and check out episode 10 of Point of Sale. But today is episode 16, and Danny joins us once again. Today, we're going to talk about market conditions because we've seen some reprieve. We've seen the App on Tinder Reject Index, our own internal measure of capacity and carrier compliance. We've seen that come down a little bit, which is progress. It's still very high, and capacity is still very difficult to source. But we're going to get a firsthand account of how things are coming from someone who has a very robust view of freight markets, uh, someone who touches a lot of freight. So, Danny, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, and welcome to the show once again. Thanks for having me again. Good to be back on. Absolutely. Danny, let's start very broadly, right? As I said, we've seen the Apple and Tinder Reject Index decline a little bit. Is capacity loosening right now, and is it going to stick? Um, you know, I, I think if you think back over the past month, month and a half, or month and a half or so, we had the DLT week in May, and you know it caused capacity to drop. You had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of capacity decide not to be on the roads during that point. Uh, you also had the holiday weekend where you get vacations and also a drop, and so you kind of had a little peak, a little, you know, you continued climb, and so maybe the last week and a half, week and a half, I, I agree with you. I think your your metrics that you talk about and what we feel to maybe a slight lull. But uh, we think it's very temporary with what we see. Uh, we're going to be heading into the end of a month, end of a quarter, head into a, a holiday weekend with the, uh, you know, with the Fourth of July week, and so we just we're you know kind of headed in, even into a higher peak, higher demand season. That it seems like things will be really, really tight as we move into the next few months. Yeah, that was my next question. Was you know why have things moderated a little bit over the last week? It doesn't seem that demand is going anywhere. Is this simply a function of drivers getting back on the road? I, I think. Is, uh, you know, my feel is it's a little bit about more drivers back on the road, potentially that there was enough time there that maybe some of the carriers got back on cycle a little bit. And so you're able to have on cycle that that capacity was running. And so you weren't seeing as many rejections potentially in some uh, the their committed lanes or regular lanes that they're running. But, uh, you know, again, that that disruption seems like it's coming again. Danny, how have uh you know, contract negotiations been in general at ArcBest. Have you been able to solidify uh, the routing guides? Have your have your carriers seen, or have your shipper customers seen their routing guides solidified over the last few months? Like, compare me, give me give me some idea of where we are from a carrier compliance standpoint now versus maybe the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I think it's you know it, it's tougher. Uh, I think it probably depends on too when when you implemented those carriers. So if you are running an RFP and you're trying to implement new routing guides in the last month or so, uh, you're seeing a lot of carriers reject those. And so you're seeing a lot of callbacks for the, you know, secondary awards and tertiary awards that uh, are probably not going to be there. And you're seeing probably a little bit more kick out to the spot market. I think we've seen an uptick in what you would call mini bids or maybe quarterly bids where you're kind of this short-term capacity. And that's probably the right play for a lot of these shippers to be able to really just secure some capacity for, over a period of time, uh, I'm not sure right now. You're, unless you're on a really have to have a specific capacity, 
locking in long-term rates in, in this market is probably not advisable. Danny, what about moving forward? This is something that I've been thinking about uh, just with all of the crazy supply and demand swings we've seen, these bullwhip effects across every sector, across the industry. Should, should short-term contracts become kind of a, a more of a, a bigger thing in this industry? I think it's an option. I think, uh, and I think that's where you, when you work with logistics providers, you're working through what are you trying to accomplish. And so I think the more volatility you have, probably having some of these short-term contracts in different probably makes sense. If, it, if you don't have the volatility, then the longer-term contracts are probably the right play. Uh, that makes sense. Can we? Yeah, you mentioned uh, spot markets uh, a minute ago. Let's just talk a little bit about the dynamic between spot and contract right now. We're, we're seeing, uh, at least in the outbound tender volume index, our measure of you know mostly contracted, um, mostly contracted volumes. It remains extremely high. It's actually pretty much steady over the past you know two months, while the outbound tender reject index has fallen, which actually indicates that demand has increased. Uh, are you seeing that, you know, are there, are there more volumes flowing through the spot market right now or through contract? How, you know, what are the dynamics look like there? Yeah, I think what we would see from our perspective is that there's a little bit more in the spot market. Uh, you're seeing a lot of, like I said, you kind of mentioned the, re- the tender reject maybe has come down a little bit, but it just seems like there's more flowing um, out there. There's potentially maybe more that was just uh, ad hoc freight that wasn't in a contract to start with that's floating out there. So, uh, you know, our feel is that the, the spot market is still pretty tight or uh, you know, rising as compared to what we've seen in the uh, previous month or so. Yeah, we've got uh, the Chuck Stop uh, seven day moving average above three dollars. I think it's still at like three thirteen down off the high, uh, you know, post polar vortex in February. But it's still, you know, extremely high from a historical standpoint. Um, then you talked to me a little bit about the you know, dynamics going on right now between truckload and LTL volumes, because we've seen a lot of spillover over the past year from LTL, from parcel, uh, from parcel and from truckload into LTL. What does that look like these days? Yeah, I think that's a, it's an interesting thing. I think there's a certain level right there, you know, that there's always overlap between, uh, you know, a four stop truckload stop off compared to, a, you know, a 5,000 pound type four or 5,000 pound LTL shipments or even 10,000 pounds. Uh, LTL networks are really tight with capacity. And so I think a lot of shippers are finding where the right play. There is still some capacity, you know, and that's what we work with our shippers and customers up with right now is even in LTL networks, there could be some backhaul lanes where they are looking for volumes to fill those backhaul lanes. And so it's really about how working to make sure you're putting your freight in the where where carriers need it right now, whether that be truckload or whether that be in the LTL market. But uh, again, don't know. I've seen the LTL market this tight at this time of year uh, with, you know, and some of the announcements we've seen in the last few days kind of verify that. What would you recommend to shippers and to do that, to get their freight in the right place for carriers right now? Does that start with open communication? How, how do they go about doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Probably the best advice was about six months ago to be really working (laughs) through relationships. Uh, But probably in the immediate piece is really it's, it's having those partnership open conversations. What are the carriers looking for? What, what are you trying to accomplish? Because in some cases, maybe you're having to change up your orders. Maybe you're having to change up a little bit of your distribution to fit through what the available capacity in the market right now. But if you're just trying to procure or trying to force freight into carriers at this point, I just you're going to get a bad result, my guess. Reminds me a lot. I think it's a, a Japanese parable. They say, what, what's the best time to plant a tree? And it's the best answer is 20 years ago, but the next best answer is right. yesterday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right. So uh, talk to me, um, talk to me about what your customers are saying, right? We're talking a lot about shippers, about uh, how it's difficult to secure capacity right now. What are they saying to you and what are the things that they're requesting for Mark Best? Sure. I mean, options is really what they're requesting and this capacity help us find. But, you know, 
to step back a little bit, you're hearing a lot about this unemployment, you know, the ability to find workers. And, you know, it's affecting us in both in the LTL and it's affecting us in, in truckload with overall capacity. But you're hearing some more even on the dock and receiving and the ability to turn trucks. And so you're, you're getting a drag on equipment and different pieces, too. And so conversations with them about what what are the schedules, what are trying to make sure that they were both on the shipping and receiving end as well, that we're working with them to schedule, make sure that we're not getting equipment held up. And that whether it be you know our own assets, what we do ourselves, or whether it be our partner carriers, when capacity is this tight, what you don't want to do is is be un, is to be inefficient in how you're using that capacity. So a lot of conversations about that. Then as far as they're they're trying to understand what their supply chain looks like, and they have a lot of volatility. They have a lot of you know uh, whether it be you know we're talking retail here, whether it be the the supplies or inbound products or different things. When are they going to get it? When is it going to get to the cell? And so trying to forecast out to plan better, you know, maybe not for today, but maybe even for two to three weeks out with what they're seeing. Yeah, this is a conversation I'm, I'm trying very hard to have. I'm hoping to have it soon with Nike. I'm a, I'm a big Nike fan. I'm, I would call myself a sneakerhead. And I watch these shoe drops, right? They, they say they're going to release 50,000 pairs of shoes. And every one of them is just getting pushed out by months at a time because their supply chain is so backed up. The things that they're hoping to get here are not getting here. They've renamed shoes that were, you know, Easter colored. They've just renamed them to candy <laughs> shoes because they weren't here by Easter and they haven't even released yet. So this is happening to every, uh, every shipper, big, small, and in between. Are, are smaller shippers as disproportionately affected over the road as they are on the seas right now? Are they being outbid by their bigger peers or... Or, you know, what can they do to avoid being outbid? How can they work closer to make sure they get their freight uh, moved? Sure. I, I'd say with, with what we see with our customers, that the answer to that would be no. Um, you know, I agree with you when you're when you're looking kind of the, the you know, the uh, the ocean moves coming in um, right now. It's 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 different. I think over the road with what you're seeing, if you've had a partner and you had that capacity most of the providers are honoring that capacity. Now, you know, new biz or RFPs or new spot business coming up will be a little bit different. But I think it's, you can find a truck to move it right now. It's really what price is that, what's the price point to be able to move that truck? A, a lot of the the independents are looking out there and they're, and they're playing the spot market. And so you can find the right rate to move it, then you can get the truck and move it. Is that, I, I meant to ask this earlier, is that also one of the reasons that we're seeing at least a little bit of better compliance here? Is it, are we seeing contract rates continually being bid up towards spot rates? Is that why we're seeing a little bit of progress here? I, I think that's piece, and it, I think it goes back to those shorter-term bids. Uh, you know, whether it's a, a carrier or a broker that's providing these committed rates, you the longer the time frame right now, the matter of volatility introduces risk. And so your, your providers are going to have to factor in risk as they're pricing that. Uh, so I think the the shorter terms you can at least fill out the next two to three months, but it's I think anyone's really hard right now to press what the first quarter of 2022 is going to be. All right, Danny. The, the last time I'll I'll ask this one. It's just um kind of a different way of asking it. What what can shippers yeah. do? What can retailers especially do right now to make their own lives easier with moving freight and to also make their transportation providers' lives easier moving freight? Yeah. So I, I think that yeah you know, we talked a little about being making sure you're a shipper choice with regard to the dock, whether it's receiving. Or it's uh, or shipping. It's make sure you're you're making the carriers efficient. That's always going to be a piece, especially when equipment and just capacity overall is tight. I think the other pieces is working with your partners, making sure you understand what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, maybe if you're moving, you're, if you're moving ten pallets, do you really need ten pallets there on a certain day, or is it really two pallets? And the other eight pallets can 
or really, a, you know, two, two to three weeks later is having those conversations. Because I think more than ever right now, it's about finding matching up with your needs with what capacity or otherwise you're going to pay quite a bit of a premium over what you maybe you budget or what you're planning to, to spend for that. Right. You're exactly right. Let's let's talk about certain geographies. Are there any areas that you are seeing tighter markets or it's more difficult for you to source? What are you seeing? I know at least from our uh, we put out some newest indices this week on capacity um, on carrier capacity direction and carrier capacity. Uh, there's another one that I'm missing, but our, our basically the southeast right now is really tight. Um, everything around Savannah and also, of course, that Ontario market where there is nonstop imports, it seems. What are you guys seeing? Yeah, that's very similar to what we're seeing. I mean, I don't know that the California, outbound California market is is hotter or tighter than it was. It's, I'm not sure you can at some yeah, at a certain right. point. You you can't really change it if if you're pulling every can you know container off the boats right now and, and they're putting on. But yeah, if, if if you have some freight moving to California, it's a great time to move freight to California because you know you can you can relocate a lot of people out there to to move the outbound. But I'd agree with what you're seeing, kind of the southeast, but you know, outbound California is, is still especially tight. Danny, you mentioned earlier that this is this could be the tightest LTL market that you've seen, and we're not even at peak season right now. So let's talk about seasonality just for a moment, because uh, demand is unwavering. We have extremely high consumer demand, even though we have started revert back to services. Goods demand remains really strong. And even beyond that, we've got inventory levels really low uh, across the board at retailers. What are you seeing from seasonality? How is ArcBest helping uh, your retailers and your customers get through this very, very, very tight and uh, big peak season? Yeah. So, uh, you know, in, in my 20 plus years in the industry, I don't think I've seen the LTL capacity this tight before. You know, uh, uh, you, you've seen some announcements. Um, and even when we talk to our partner carriers, you know, we know where there, there are certain areas they just won't pick up freight or take freight to. Um, and so some of this demand causes uh, inefficiency in cycles in LTL providers. Because uh, it's typically what we see uh, in my experience is LTL is is front haul in nature, right? In other words, you have more going in certain lanes than coming back. And so I think the biggest key is making sure you're working with your providers and finding where they need freight. Because even at a tight capacity market, like I've described before, there, there are certain areas where carriers may want freight. And so making sure you're locating that there to make sure you're working with them, but then having a, a, a width and a broad uh, availability of capacity option to you is the key. And so, you know, for us at ArcBest, that's that's really what we talk to our customers about is our ability to not only use our assets inside of ABF, but also our partner LTL carriers and, and our, our, our the breadth of carriers that we have and the fact that we understand what they're looking for and can have good conversations with them. So that's the conversation we're having. And then that spills over to just the overall supply chain orders, truckloads, are there ways to build truckloads around certain maybe uh, distribution centers or certain are, you know, we kind of talked about product launches before. Well, sometimes maybe it's not a product launch. Maybe it's just a one time that you're injecting freight deeper into an LTL network to maybe hit hit a point where capacity is a choke point for at a capacity for them, but that you can get around it and insert it in their network. And then you're able to get to the available capacity that they do have. Danny, always a wide range of freight knowledge coming from you. Thank you so much for your time today. I want to give you a moment, uh, give everyone listening a shout out where they can go learn more about you and your services, where they can find more about ArcBest. Sure. Uh, feel free to go to arcb.com and find out more about ArcBest. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn if anyone wants to connect there and has any questions. So appreciate the time. Glad to talk about it. Look forward to talk to you again soon. Absolutely, sir. We'll have you back here in a couple months to do it again. Chat some more whatever's going on in the market at that time. Thank you so much, Danny. Thank you.
All right, everyone, that has been it for episode 16 of uh, Point of Sale. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Remember, if you liked what you heard today, go ahead and subscribe to Point of Sale on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're listening live, thank you so much for joining us. You can also subscribe to FreightCast. That is where you can get all of FreightWave's audio feed on one tidy feed. Uh, you can get everything we got there. So I s highly recommend you do that. All right, everyone, that's been it. Episode 16. We'll see you again next week. Thanks. Thank you.